I recently switched out my winter wardrobe with my summer clothes. Do you do this too? Each time I have the opportunity to take stock of what I have, what I use, what I need to donate, and what gaps I'd like to fill. One of the funnest ways I've loved to fill those gaps is through Armoire, a clothing rental membership that can help you build the perfect summer wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your online closet. The styles show up to your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles that help fill those wardrobe gaps without the major investment or commitment. For my first case from Armoire, I chose mostly summer dresses from Bowdoin, a brand I can't typically afford, and the chicest double-breasted black blazer from Paige that has honestly surprised me in its versatility. I have loved having more options in my summer wardrobe without the pressure of keeping them forever, and I've already been building out my online closet with Armoire, so I know what I want for my next case. For you expecting mamas, those working or style obsessed who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to improve themselves, overcome obstacles, and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad you would join me today on the last day of May. I am ready for the summer and I'm sure you all are as well. I've posted about how I plan flexibly for our summer with kids and the keyword there being is flexibly on my blog last week. If you're interested, you can find that as well as the show notes and more podcast episodes at my website aboutprogress.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at About Progress and I would love to hear from you. Today, I have an interview packed with knowledge and personal experience that backs that knowledge up. Andy Proctor is a happiness expert, and he specializes in positive psychology. He shares some of his favorite things to teach people about happiness, and there are so many takeaways with that alone. But then he also talks about how he and his wife have had to personally test out his research as they struggled through some mental crises that really shook up their lives. Andy was an incredible guest, and I'd like to jump right in and let him do the talking. I'm here with Andy Proctor. Hi, Andy. Hi. I'm so pleased you'd be on the show, and I would love it if you could start with giving our listeners an introduction. Thanks so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. It's really exciting. I love doing stuff like this. So yeah, I'm great. Uh, Andy Proctor, and I, uh, I live in Alpine, Utah. I just moved here from Huntington Beach. 
for a, a new job that I got. And at heart, I'm an entrepreneur. And so I've, I've actually, before this job, I've actually been working for myself for the last like five years. My wife and I um, run a bunch of online businesses and kind of a multi-potentialite. I like to do a lot of different things and I like to connect the dots between lots of things. Um, but I, you know, I, I kind of get paid to do the nerdy internet marketing stuff, yeah. um, even though I like to connect the dots with the rest. So it's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I love the science of happiness. I fell in love with it a couple of years ago and positive psychology is, I, I actually, I studied social psychology at BYU mm-hmm. and, you know, um, that kind of started to kind of pique my interest, but I didn't really get into it until recently. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm, I have a, a show that I used to do on Periscope. If you're, uh, you know, the listeners are familiar with Periscope, the live streaming app. And I used to do a daily show, um, on the science of happiness every, every single day wow. during, um, 2015. And it was really, really fun to see what people were asking about and, you know, what they wanted. So many people just wanted to, to, to be happier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was neat to be able to, to teach them, um, as I learned, cause I, yeah. I love to learn. I think one of my favorite things is to learn. This is why I have you on this, this love of learning that you have and this nerdy side that you're putting to good use and helping people. And especially with your expertise in the science of happiness, we're, we're going to talk a lot about that, but we're also going to talk about, um, what you've learned in your own personal life, putting your knowledge to use. So I have, I've enjoyed seeing what you've been doing online with your, um, with your classes you're going to be offering soon as well. So your video introduction to the happiness course you're going to be releasing soon. You talk about this positive psychology you brought up and I wanted to know yeah. if you could define that for our listeners. Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, positive psychology is it's, it's the scientific study of subjective well-being. So it's, it's, I mean, basically it's the study of human happiness, mm-hmm. but I think it's more than just, happiness research. Um, and you know, I think a lot of people think about happiness, especially people who aren't naturally um, positive or optimistic. And, um, I have a lot of friends who, cause I'm, I'm an analyst and I, a lot of my analytical friends, they, they think, Oh man, that's just, that's so fluffy. Like, no, you can't back that up, you know? And they're, hmm. they're very cynical. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, and I, and I totally get it, you know? Um, and, you know, it, happiness isn't just, or the, this positive psychology isn't just studying, you know, all things positive. Um, to be able to understand positivity, you, and I, I'm going to talk, I'd like to talk a little bit more about this later, about, you know, to, to understand something, you, you almost have to understand the opposite. And so huh. some of positive psychology is actually understanding um, why aren't, uh, you know, why, why doesn't it work? What, what are the problems that we're facing with regards to happiness? Why aren't we happy? Um, but the goal of positive psychology, which was started by Marty Seligman um, mm-hmm. back in, really, I think it was like 1998. It's, it's, it's younger than the Internet to be it's, yeah. it's interesting. And it's, it's such a young field. 
Um, but he, you know, a lot of people were studying for, for years in, in the field of psychology were studying, um, you know, what, what, what's wrong with people, you know, what's, what's wrong with, with people's brains, with people's behavior. And, and it's not that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't good. It was actually very good. They've, they've done so much in the field of psychology to help people, um, who, who were suffering. Um, but positive psychology is, is kind of, it's, it's more about the study of what's going right with people hmm. and how can we use that research about human flourishing to really help people who the, really the majority of people who, you know, aren't necessarily suffering or in, in absolute misery, um, but who aren't really super happy, but they'd like to be happier. And they want to know what, what did the happiest people in the world do? Um, what do people who flourish do and, and how, how do they do it? And so that's kind of what the study of positive psychology is. Um, it's definitely a little bit more deep than that, but that's, that's a, at least a quick touch on that. Well, I like the slant on that because, um, as you you mentioned in some of your videos as well, so much of psychology is spent on what's wrong. So I love that yeah. it's more about what what can we do, actually, like a proactive way to to study psychology and to improve our lives too. So you did these daily videos, mm-hmm. these daily classes, which takes a lot of guts mm-hmm. too to do it live. So <laughs> I want to know. Practice. Oh my my goodness! I'm just so impressed by that. I want to know what were some of your favorite things to teach about happiness and about positive psychology to the people who have been watching you. Man, that's wow. That's a, that's a tough question. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure that's a big um, one. Yeah. There's so many things. Um, you know, the things that I think people really related to and really, um, kind of latched onto and kind of some of the most popular broadcasts were about, um, you know, the, the science behind it. Um, a lot of people were just interested in not only the science, but also specifically, how do you apply the science in everyday life? So, um, something that I I talked about quite a bit was called the broaden and build theory, which is by, uh, Barbara Friedrichson. She's, she's kind of the queen of positivity in, in the world of positive psychology. She's done probably more research than gosh, probably anybody ever, um, on positivity and, and specifically on positive emotions. Um, and, and, you know, she talks about how positive emotion, um, affects the brain and the body. And, you know, it, 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 a positive brain is, is in every way, um, more effective, um, than, than a negative or even a neutral brain. And so they found in all, in so many different studies that they've done, and you can, I mean, you can just Google, you know, broaden build theory. Um, the, the, the theory basically just, you know, is about how the, when, when you're feeling positive emotions and she, 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 she kind of defines 10 separate positive emotions that really, um, when we're feeling those and we're experiencing that positivity, it literally changes our brain. And over time, it literally changes the structure of our brain. They've done quite a bit of um, neuroscientific studies on this, brain scans, fMRI studies, um, to show that, you know, uh, for example, mindfulness. Uh, mindfulness is, is very powerful. Um, and in just 10 minutes a day, 
for eight weeks, they've, they've shown that it literally shrinks the amygdala, which is the part of your brain that's, you know, that's in charge of making sure that you feel fear and anxiety and, um, you know, the things that we're trying to kind of avoid. And, um, and, and when your amygdala is, is hyperactive, you know, you can, you can start to develop, um, you know, disorders and things like that. And, and really difficult anxiety to overcome. So, so, you know, positive emotion, um, really helps your, your brain and your body. And here, another thing that I, I love talking about was the fact that it, it, it can literally affect you down to the chromosomal level. So people oh who are negative. Yeah. It's crazy, right? That it's is a, so crazy. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, at first I was just like, wow, this is so cool. Like it makes me feel happy to just think that like, you know, somebody wrote a book about happiness. So I start reading it, but then it's, it's actually a science, you know, and mm-hmm. they've, they've done studies on, um, what are called telomeres. So on your chromosomes, there's these little, it's, and it's, it's kind of hard to explain, um, you know, uh, on, on a recording, but there's these little, um, uh, kind of fibers or, uh, I don't know exactly what they're, how, how they, how to describe them, but it's like they're little strings at the end of your, of your chromosomes. And the length of those, um, telomeres is a direct predictor of your lifespan. And they've done tons of studies on this. And so people who have longer telomeres, um, live longer and the people whose telomeres shorten, um, it, it's a direct correlation to, to their, to their life and, and they, they don't live as long. And so if you want to live longer, they've actually done studies on how negativity literally shortens those telomeres, which shortens your life. Um, so that's wow. when I started thinking, man, I gotta, I gotta learn like what, like, cause I want to live, I want a, a long life, right? Yeah. I mean, who doesn't? And, uh, and so and a long, happy can, one. Can, exactly. Yeah. Why not? Right. <laughs> if you're going to live that long, uh, so, might as well be happy. Exactly. Exactly. So wait, this is the first thing that kind of got you hooked into, into researching about happiness psychology and the positive psychology. And that's when I read um, Martin Seligman's book called Flourish. And that book, that book kind of, it, it really opened my eyes to the history of positive psychology Mm-hmm. as well as um, what is positive psychology, and then what's the potential of this field, this new, you know, budding field of positive psychology. So it is, it's, a, it's a visionary book. I mean, it's really amazing. And, and I just, I got hooked, and I was just like, yep, this is it. <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm here to fire. do. So. So I'm going to try to connect the dots a little bit, just like you like to do. Okay. So, so within positive (laughs) psychology, it seems like behavioral psychology is part of the piece, part of the puzzle. Is it, I'm not sure. I'm just going to ask you to connect it for me. So is that how can we behave and choose to work on our emotions to build a positive emotion, um, to build positive emotions in order to build a positive brain? Is that how those things interrelate or can you speak on that a little more? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I think, um, the way that I like to understand it, another, another, another book that has really helped me and it's, that's kind of a foundational book in positive psychology is called learned optimism. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And that one is by Martin Seligman. So he, and just very quick background, he's the guy who, um, had in, in, in the world of psychology, um, before positive psychology, he was known for his research on learned helplessness, which is, um, you know, basically when you've been, I think a lot of people struggle with this, but his, mm-hmm. his study was on, you know, basically teaching dogs to be helpless. Um, oh. and he, you know, back when it was okay to do that, um, they, they, they did research on, on these, these dogs and, uh, basically taught them with electrical shocks to, to be, to be helpless. And, um, we, as humans also when we're in very traumatic difficult situations in life that are repeated and that that we don't believe will ever end or that we don't believe we have any power to um overcome mm-hmm. we start to actually learn helplessness and so wow. he later on he he talks about this idea of learned optimism which is basically um, changing in in your mind, changing what's called explanatory style. So I'll, I'll explain that. So we all have um, a story that we tell ourselves about ourselves. Okay. We, we, there's, there's basically this inner self talk that we are, that we have. It's a, inner chatter. Everyone, everyone has it, you know, it's like, it's almost like the director's commentary on your own life, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. inside your head. And you're, and you're constantly telling yourself a story about yourself. And that's that the, the, the style of the story that you're telling is your explanatory style. And there's, there's three P's to the explanatory style. Um, and this is, and I, I, I go into this a little bit because it really is very foundational to positive psychology. So the first P is permanence. Um, the second one is personalization. And the third is pervasiveness. So you can look at a situation and that's, you know, two, two, um, two different people experience the exact same uh, adversity and they have a completely different story about that adversity. So the, the, you know, a really uh, somebody who's helpless or who, who struggles um, with their explanatory style being really negative, they, they often will um, personalize it and say, man, this is all my fault. Like I am such a horrible person. And I will never be able to, you know, like, I just, I'm, I'm horrible. And they'll, they'll, they'll make it pervasive. This is going to affect oh, okay. everything. Like it's over. And then they'll, they'll also, um, uh, permanent, like it'll, it'll be permanent. So mm-hmm. for them, it's, it's not just, you know, this one little fender bender they got into or whatever it was like it's, it's the end of everything, right? Like the, it's never going to be better. It's going to last forever. So, so those are kind of the three, the three P's, um, of explanatory style. And if we can, if we can learn to change that around to where we can actually, um, have a more positive or optimistic explanatory style, 
then it really affects so many things about, because we have events happen to us every single day, positive, neutral, and negative. And if our explanatory style is optimistic, um, our health is going to be better. We're going to be a better, um, you know, spouse. We're going to be a better just friend in general. We're, we're going to be a better worker, employee. I mean, everything, there's research that's been done on, on this. Just so much research has been done on, on this, and it, it just makes life so much better. So anyways, hope. And you're saying I, your brain I, can change. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, hmm. so mindfulness, just to kind of connect those two dots. Yeah. Mindfulness, Tell us how is it done, um, right? It's mindfulness? Yeah. <laughs> oh, crap. So That's what they always tell me. And that is hard stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really quite simple, actually. And mm-hmm. mindfulness is really? just so a lot of, I don't know. Telling somebody who's never thought about this before, you know, that they have a little voice inside their head that's explaining something to themselves all the time, it's, it's kind of like telling a fish that water exists. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I can see what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> it's like a fish A fish is like, what's water? Like, what do you mean, water? Like, that's, <laughs> that's what I've always yeah. been in, you know? Like, what, what, what do you mean? And, uh, and so mindfulness is basically just paying attention to the fact that we have a voice going on. So there's a thought that pops up mm-hmm. or you feel an emotion and you're just paying attention to that without judgment. Um, and the more you practice that, the more you are then able to be in control of your explanatory style. You can pause it. You can, you know, you start to go down that negative path in your mind Mm-hmm. And you can say, wait, hold on a second. No, like that's not, <laughs> that's actually not true. Um, you know, and, and when we have these negative events in our life. So here's just a really quick example. No, please. Um, so when I was, you know, when I was in, 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 in college, when I very first was at BYU, I, I totally thought I was going to be a doctor and I was like, all right, boom, I'm, uh, you know, I, I was just totally gung ho. I'm going to be a doctor, you know, like I have, my last name is Proctor. So it'd be kind of funny, right? That, Dr. That Proctor. That would be funny. Super cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Right>? And <laughs> so I thought, yeah, I'm going to be Dr. Proctor and like, <laughs> this is going to be great. Life's going to be good, whatever. Started going down that path. And I decided at one point, you know what, this, I just, I don't think this is for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just didn't really work out. And I look back and I actually have some friends who I, you know, I was studying with at the same time who are now doctors, you know, yeah. um, they're, they're done. And cause it was, it was a little while ago. And, and I look back and I think, man, so I could look at that and I could say to myself, Oh boy, I'm a failure. You know, mm-hmm. like I wasn't, I'm not a doctor. I didn't like, I didn't do that. Um, and, and I can tell myself that story of like, man, if I would have just been a doctor, like, I don't know, like I wouldn't have all this debt right now. I wouldn't have all these things to deal with. I wouldn't, whatever, you know, you can start to tell yourself that story or I can say, gosh, I'm so thankful that I didn't choose that path. And, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm glad I'm where I'm at right now. Like think of all these lessons I've learned and like, gosh, I know so much about, you know, social media, internet marketing, influencer marketing, like, um, and I've been able to help so many people and like do, um, blog posts that help people and this kind of thing. I mean, I just, I, I wouldn't be here if, if, if I would have went, you know, down that path. So it's, it's the exact same event but it's, it's changing your story about the event. Well, you know, it, it always seems like it sounds simple, but I know it's, it's hard to learn how to be mindful in a way that you are able to um, alter your thinking. And I was wondering if you have yeah. any, uh, I guess, uh, tips for people who are just starting to try to get down, go down this road of mindfulness and changing their thinking. Yeah, that's a that's a great um a great question. I I think that a good place to start, you know, um if you've never done it before, I would I would if you can, if you can, you know, cuz some people just have a hard time either way with it, but mm-hmm. try a guided meditation. There's a lot of them out there. Um I I'm going to have one on my website that's, oh, that's uh, that'll be it'll be free so that people can um, try for themselves. I, I do kind of a little brief explanation of mindfulness first, and then I actually go in and you get to like, I'll, I'll kind of just guide you through it. Um, and you know, basically you just, you sit down and, um, you know, in a place where you won't be interrupted and you just really focus on your breathing. Um, and you know, breathing, focusing on your breathing, it's really, it's really powerful. Um, because it's one thing that you can actually do that like when you're not thinking about your breathing, your, your brain does take control and you don't have to think about it, but it's the one thing in our body that you actually can also take back control over. Um, if I you never want to thought of voluntarily. It yeah. Whoa. And so it's, it's really, yeah, it's really neat because mm-hmm. you can, y- your, your breath also, um, and your breathing has an effect on your parasympathetic nervous system, which is what can help calm you down. Um, it helps with heart rate variability. It, it affects your, um, your heart rate. And so you can literally, you, ha- you have control to calm yourself down. So um, it's not just a mental thing, but it's it's actually a physical thing too. I mean, it's all interconnected, right? The brain and the body. But you can you can literally activate your parasympathetic nervous system by just taking kind of what I like to call belly breaths. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, um, mm-hmm. where you're not breathing in your chest, you're breathing all the way down into your your diaphragm, and uh, and so. I think uh, just trying the guided meditations, you don't have to do mine. There's a lot of them out there. Um, there's, uh, you know, I, I've, I've, I've used um, lots of different um, ones out there. Barbara Friedrichson actually has some really great ones on her website called positivityresonance.com. Um, and then there's also uh, some other ones that are self-compassion uh uh, kind of meditations um, on self-compassion.org, I believe it is. Okay. Um, and then 
you can also just try, um, there's a lot of apps out there. I think one's called Calm. One's called Happify. Um, there's another one that I've, I've used quite a bit called Headspace. Yeah. There's, there's a ton of them that you can, you can really find a lot of them for free um, mm-hmm. and that are, that are just really great. So, you know, 10 minutes a day, even five minutes, trying it for five minutes, five to 10 minutes, and it'll, it'll really um, make a huge difference in the rest of your day. So. I'm so glad you would speak on that because this is something that I feel like I keep getting told to do and I keep resisting it. But funnily enough, I've downloaded two (laughs) meditation apps just this past week and we've been teaching our, um, one of our, a couple of our kids to meditate (laughs) to help with some crazy behavior. (laughs) And (laughs) our craziest kid is the one who loves it the most. And it's, it's just really interesting to see just how it can, yeah. how it can help. Um, and you know what, Andy, mm-hmm. I feel like I might need a whole other hour <laughs> to talk about <laughs> even just this alone. Sure. Um, and I don't yeah. want to give away your course though. So, uh, cause so, so what I'm no, thinking is yeah. we're going to have to have you back <laughs> at, at some point so yeah, we can I'd hear more. To. So first I want to, I want you to share where people can find you to learn more about what you are okay. offering and your course that's coming up before we launch into how you have personally, uh, been forced, I guess, to, to use your research, um, in your own life. So let's start with where yeah. people can find you and your course coming up. So you can go to just HTTP colon forward slash forward slash morehappy.org. So it's pretty easy to remember, just morehappy.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram. I've been uh, very active on Instagram. Uh, more happy. It's just the handle is just more happy life. Yeah. On Instagram. So you can find me at either of those places right now. Morehappy.org um, just has a place where you can actually sign up to, you can sign up early for the course. Um, it'll be out pretty soon. Um, and so, you know, if you want to join the list, you can actually get a discount on the, on the early, um, early release as well. And just, tr- uh, try the course out in the first batch of, of people. So it'll be, it's really exciting. Um, the first course is going to be specifically on positive emotion. We've talked a little bit about that, yeah. that, um, during this conversation. So it's perfect. Um, so yeah, uh, love to love to interact with you on Instagram. It's so fun. Um, to see people there's it's actually a pretty active crowd very active right now. yeah very active yeah. you've got a so, very good following it's pretty fun I really I love uh, hearing people's questions and 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 just talking to people so it's nice and I know you have some other things that you are working on as well um, online yeah um, so I'm I'm doing a new thing w- with a YouTube channel where I'm, I'm basically an kind of doing a hybrid where it's, it's part of my life and also so kind of vlogs, but also a lot of these little just, you know, snippet videos of, you know, kind of happiness facts, things that are, you know, backed by science, but specifically about uh, human happiness and, and flourishing. So, um, so yeah, love to, to um, have people join us on, on YouTube as well. So um you can just find me. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to, unless you speak Spanish, it's kind of hard to, to remember this, but it's, uh, Hermano Proctor is the, is the user. Um, oh, okay. so it's youtube.com forward slash user 
forward slash Hermano Proctor, which it looks like Herman O. Proctor. Herman O. So, Proctor, yeah. Yeah, YouTube yeah. doesn't let you have it. I've, I've, I've debated getting a new one, but I just thought, you know what, it's, it's my life, and it means Brother Proctor. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's one that I've had for, for quite a while and I actually have a pretty good little, uh, established channel, but I just am yeah. converting it into the new thing. So that's, that's so exciting. I will definitely be signing up for your course. I'm, I've already learned so much from you and I hope people will check you out at the very least at those places you said. Um, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I, I really appreciate the opportunity. No, they, I mean, clearly, you know, your stuff and know it very, very well. So, um, and are a very good teacher too. Um, so let's, let's hear how, how you've learned these lessons, both, you, you know, you've talked about the research side of it and, and, and I know there's so much more we could say on that, but I would like to turn now to, um, how your research has impacted your own life. And can, can you talk about that yeah. for us? Sure. Yeah. So, um, so I, uh, you know, I, I studied social psychology in college, but, um, I never really had to like, I mean, you know, I think we all apply social psychology in our life every single day, but, um, but specifically, you know, I, I, uh, so I've, I've been married twice, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, been through some pretty rough stuff. Um, and, you know, my second uh, marriage that I'm in now that is, it's just awesome. And, um, I'm totally in love with my wife and we have an amazing marriage and friendship and it's, it's, it's just beautiful. Um, and a few years ago, um, when I was actually in the middle of starting to research this, you know, positive psychology and what is the science of happiness? Um, my wife actually started to just really struggle with, um, depression and, um, anxiety. And, and, and it was to the point where, um, you know, she was starting to worry. And mm-hmm. so, um, so we just, we tried to do, you know, everything we knew how to do. Um, and, uh, but, you know, long story short, she, she was, she was actually hospitalized for nine days. Um, and she, uh, she went in for what's called, um, psychosis. Um, and Mm -hmm. I I didn't even know what that was, um, until it happened. (laughs) So, um, it was, it was pretty, pretty traumatic for both of us, Mm -hmm. for her, because you kind of, you kind of almost lose trust in your own mind, you know, um, which is just, it's just tough. Um, so what does that look like? What does it look like when someone, um, experiences psychosis? So it's, it's basically, you kind of lose touch with reality. And, Uh um, and so what, you know, um, it's almost like it's, it's a mix. There's a little bit of reality mixed in with, um, what they call delusion. And so, um, a lot of people have delusions about, um, I don't know, if they're baseball fans, you know, they, they become like the pitcher of their favorite team or if they're, you know, big time political people, then, you know, they like believe that they're, you know, like, I don't know, be the president of the United States or something. And if you've ever seen the the movie, a beautiful mind Uh with John Nash, um, you know, he, he kind of believes that he's, um, 
starting to, you know, kind of do all this kind of underground CIA research, you know, and it's, it's kind of like that. Um, and for us, it was, it was tricky cause it was, it was, it was spiritual. The delusions were spiritual. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. and so, so it was, it was, it was tough. So anyways, um, it was very traumatic for us because, you know, uh, it kind of pulled out a lot of foundations underneath us. Um, and one, one of them was, you know, our spiritual foundation. And, um, and so we were trying to figure that out. And, um, so, you know, long story short, I, because of this, all this trauma that we went through and she, you know, she came home, um, she, you know, kind of came back to reality and, um, you know, got on the right medications and now she's, she's doing much better and everything, um, through what we've, what we've learned and everything. But she, uh, you know, the trauma from that, because of the trauma, I, I, I developed, um, uh, what's called panic disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I mean, my whole life I've not, I've never been like, I've never had anxiety. I've never had any sort of mental health issues or anything like that. But then because of the trauma that I went through from, you know, almost losing her a few times, um, I just, I just started to, you know, have extreme anxiety myself. And so I, what what inspired the trauma? Sorry. Sorry, I want to know, um, for someone who's like, what, what is, uh, traumatic about a loved one going through psychosis? I mean, obviously it sounds really, um, like you said, it ripped up the foundations (laughs) of your, of your life. Um, but for someone who maybe isn't familiar with what that could look like, what was traumatizing about that? I've actually thought about this quite a bit. Um, and for me, you know, I, I was married before and, um, it kind of like, it was, it was rough. Um, Mm -hmm. and I kind of lost faith in like girls in general. Yeah. I don't blame you. (laughs) I was like, no, I'm not gonna, (laughs) I'm not gonna do that again. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then in, and then in just, just in marriage, you know, and I thought, yeah, I probably will never fall in love again. Um, after what happened. Um, but you know, um, but then I did and Mm -hmm. I, and I knew it was like, it was right. And she's, she's like, we truly are perfect for each other. Like, it's just, I mean, that that sounds so cliche, you know, (laughs) but it sounds great. You know, she's (laughs) been through a marriage uh, before as well. So we, we, we understood each other. We also, but we also came into this marriage, like kind of independently, from independently healthy spaces emotionally and psychologically anyway so because we were so in love and then feeling that the the possibility of losing her and specifically just to you know paint the picture a little bit more um after she came home from the hospital there was a period of time when it it, it was it was tricky um trying to figure out how to manage medications, um, you know, at the same time as trying to figure out how to bring reality back into, to place. And, um, you know, there was a time when she, she tried to take her life and, and I had to basically, you know, shatter a bathroom door to stop her. And that's really, you know, we don't share that with everybody, but, um, 
but it's, it's real. Mm-hmm. And people who've gone through that understand that that's, it's really difficult. And so when there's something that, um, when you love someone so much and, and, and they believe in you and they know you more than anyone else knows you. And then you, you have this fear that they're going to no longer know you, um, either, either because of death mm-hmm. or because they lose their touch with reality. It's, it's traumatic. Um, psychologically it's, it's, it's the same as, uh, you know, what soldiers go through when they, when they're, when they're shell shocked, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's real trauma to, to, to the brain. I mean, they've actually done studies on this. Um, I read a really interesting book called social and he talks about how social pain registers the same as physical pain in our brain. Um, wow. I didn't know that. And, yeah. So, so the trauma, you know, really came from that, that, that pain, the social pain and that fear of, of kind of not being known. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, so I, I really had to, to, you know, use all the medicine that I've been teaching about and that I've been learning about on myself. <laughs> um, and this is when you, you know, were already starting psychology. to research it, or was this what um, initiated a lot of that research for you? Well, it's interesting because I was actually in the in the midst of applying for a master's program in positive psychology at the same time when she was hospitalized, and so oh, okay. I, had, I had actually really been heavily researching it and read tons of books and all this stuff um, when when it all happened. Um, and so I thought, wow, like this is, all right, like we're going to, we're going to see if this works, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I mean, I I didn't really have a choice. I, I, I truly, yeah, I feel like it was, it was kind of one of those things that were just kind of meant to be, you know? So this gives you the, I mean, for both of you, I mean, I'm imagining myself in your shoes, the trauma that you experienced, but also the pressures of being what is essentially a caretaker for your wife. And I mean, that alone is a tremendous amount of stress on anyone, but coupled with the things that you went through together and then your own struggles with panic. Um, So, so what did it look like to, to use what you have been researching and studying and believing in and use it for her, for her and for you to build your life back up to restore those foundations you had together before. Yeah. So I think, um, a lot of it is, uh, well, I've had to really, um, in positive psychology, there's, there's a little bit of, of research on play actually and, and the power of, of, yeah, of playing. Uh, and specifically as an adult, you know, and so <laughs> um, something that really has helped me and Stacy both, but like uh, me with panic, um, uh, you know, whenever I have a panic attack, I've, I got to do something with my hands. I got to start playing with, you know, juggling or, or, uh, you know, I have this kinetic sand that I like to play around with, um, uh, you know, or, or throw a ball or whatever it is um, that, that, it actually, you know, 
your brain can only pay attention to so many things at once. Um, and so, you know, for somebody who has panic, um, your brain is fixated on this idea that everything's about to end. It's just mm. kind of this like doom and gloom, you know, negative fantasy and, um, that you're going to die or something like that. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty scary when you're in it. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to understand if you're not in it, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've used a lot of, of that. I've actually, um, you know, I, I think play is a form of mindfulness, but, uh, one thing I've actually come to, to love doing is uh, balancing rocks. It sounds kind of funny, but <laughs> I, there's something I, about I that seen, though. Yeah. It's very grounding. Uh huh. Very grounding. Yeah. And it's like nature yeah. too, along with play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, using play and mindfulness, I think for me on my end with panic and all those things, like I think that's really helped almost more than anything else. Um, and I uh, read a book called When Panic Attacks yeah. um, by David Burns, and it's, it's really good. Oh, um, I like talks him. about a lot of these things. So, yeah, yeah, he's really good. He's got some really good stuff. So this so, is when you um, realize it's like, this is, this is real. This, this stuff can help. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely real because it's like, Hey, this, this works on like my brain, you know, not just like in theory, I'm not just teaching people research. I, I, you know, I I mean, I, I'm, I'm like a, I've had to really be my own little scientist on myself. You know, Mm -hmm. I like do my own research on me (laughs) Yeah, and that truly that's the, that's the, that's the research that matters the most. You know, if it changes your life, then, man, who cares about the, you know, statistical analysis? Like you, you, that's, that, that works, you know? So. But you talked about part of Stacy's psychosis was spiritual and that that was part of the foundation that was difficult. Um, uh, that was ripped apart for you. How did that come into play with your recovery as well? Both of you. Um, you know, that is a, that's a tricky, uh, (laughs) it's a tough question because, um, you know, I think, I think we've kind of had to come both independently on our own to, a a a place of like being comfortable again Mm -hmm. with, with like almost like a new self, um, specifically with regards to spirituality. Um, and, something that really helped bring us together before we were, you know, married was that like both of us independently of each other were very much, um, you know, we, 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 we had our own relationship with, with God, you know, I, I, and I, I still believe, you know, in God, um, and that he, you know, he loves me, but, um, (laughs) sometimes, uh, sometimes he decides to kind of be silent for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I don't know why, you know, I, but he does. And, uh, and it's been, it's kind of been that way for a while for me. Um, so for me, it's, it's been, you know, I don't know, trying to apply the things that I learned about 
the science of happiness has actually actually helped me with my spirituality, which kind of sounds crazy. No, it um, doesn't. But yeah, so it's it's been it's been really tough um, to be totally honest. And, yeah, and you know, Brene Brown talks about how <laughs> it's it's good to talk about things with people in the right situations when. Um, she gives the analogy of like an open wound versus a scar. Mm. And like, like once you have that scar, like if there's a scar, then it's like, Hey, like you can talk about the scar and be like, you know what? That was, that was really painful. And like, it's healed. And you know, I got a scar now, but like, gosh, that was, that was tough. And I'd be happy to help you not get the wound, you know? Mm -hmm. But when it's like an open wound, um, it's really hard to talk about, you know? And, and, and it's hard to help other people. Um, uh, because you haven't quite gotten to the point of, of healing. And I, I think we're kind of, we're getting there. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't, I honestly just, if I'm totally honest, I'm not sure if I'm quite to the point where I can really, um, you know, say, here's, here's what I did to solve that problem because I don't know if I have a solution yet. Um, and that's something that I, you know, I've, I really had to just practice a lot of trust. Um, something that, has really helped me is, um, you know, anybody who believes in prayer, a lot of times people say the word amen at the end of a prayer, you know? And, um, I, I, I looked up a, a different word or a different meaning for, um, for the, for the word, um, amen. And in Hebrew, it actually doesn't just mean I agree. Um, but it, but it also means, I trust you. Huh. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've thought about that a lot and sometimes I don't agree and sometimes I don't understand like why it all happened or what to do. Um, but I can at least say amen and, and I can I you know, you. do that and say, I trust you. You know, I, huh. I don't understand <laughs> and I don't agree sometimes, but, but I trust you. Well, the good news, Andy is that's what this podcast is about. It's about open-ended answers. It's about not having all the answers. And, you know, I started this not thinking um, or realizing it would become a podcast that touches a lot on mental illness and mental health and, um, and on spirituality as well. But I have come to find out with every single interview that has come up, all of these things. And so that's why I wanted to touch on that with you. Um, and I'm glad you would talk about that in that honest way. And I, I have a follow-up question, yeah. um, not related to the spirituality as much as uh, you're still working through a lot of things in general. And you're also passionate yeah. about happiness. So how can yeah. someone who is struggling, maybe has some sort of mental, um, emotional struggle, how can they struggle with these things and still be happy? Yeah, that's a, that's, that's, that's a tough question. I've had, I've actually, um, had to answer that question before as well. And I think, um, you know, genetically we, we, we don't have full control over that, you know? Um, and some people just from a genetic standpoint, you you can't control those things. Um, you know, you can't control whether or not you are genetically predisposed to having psychosis or, depression or, you know, bipolar or 
schizophrenia or any of those things. But even if even if you do have depression or a, a, a major, you know, struggle in that area, um, there are things, and I and I know that this works because because Stacy does have bipolar, mm-hmm. um, and she has been through really difficult situations mentally um, with with mental illness, and and so have I, you know, and and this it works. Um, so positive interventions work. Something as simple as, I mean, it sounds so cliche. It seems like something that your grandma would tell you to do, but writing down, they, they, Martin Seligman did research on this, that just writing down three things that went well today at the end of every day in a, on a piece of paper, journal, whatever, you know, on your phone, Recorded on your, you know, voice memos, whatever you want to do, um, do it every single day before you go to bed or in the morning, where, whenever, you, whenever you have time. It really only takes a couple minutes, and um, if you do that for 21 days in a row, it literally changes this, your brain, just like mindfulness does, mm-hmm. and and you become, um, you know, it, it's it 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 truly helps you to be more positive and, and, it, and they've done studies on, on people who do it, who have, who, who have clinical depression. Um, and they, they report being, you know, happier at the end of those, of those periods. Um, and they've, they've, they've even matched it up with people who take medication for the same thing. And these positive interventions, this, that's just one of them, but there's a lot of them. Um, have actually been shown to be more effective um, long term than than any of the medications. And I'm not saying wow. that I'm not saying don't take medications. I'm just no. saying in the research they've just found that you know that's that's what it, it's more effective. It's and it and it's longer lasting. So yeah, oh it's pretty goodness. powerful stuff. That is powerful. I think hope is a huge part of it too. Okay. Um, and you know, hope is, is, is huge. Shane Lopez, um, is the the researcher behind hope. And I'll just share like the belief behind hope. So hope is this belief that you, that your future will be better than the present and that you, and the knowledge that you have the power to make that happen. Like, okay. you, don't, you don't just say, okay, you know, in the future it's going to be better because that's just a wish. I see. Like, and, you know, you can mm-hmm. have a wish too, but like hope, real hope is, is knowing that you have, that the future will be better and that you have the power to get there. Like you, you can actually do it. And um, that's what positive psychology is about. It's about having that point B and, and knowing you can get to it. And, you know, there's going to be multiple paths to, to that point B and all of them are going to come with obstacles, but, um, you know, knowing that there's multiple paths to it and that you have the power to make that happen, that's real hope. And that, I mean, that has been a huge part of Stacy's recovery of my, you know, mental health as well. And it, it works, it works. It's real. 
So it's transformative. That's what it's, this is just. It really is. Yeah, I'm. I'm learning so much from you, and I thought I already knew a lot on this topic. And I'm, you know, you're just. I want to go buy, buy all these books that you said. So I'm gonna actually link to all these books for people because I'm sure there are many sure. who are trying to to write those down. But we'll we'll link to those. So Andy, I mean, clearly you you've got so many talents and you've got so many uh, ways that you are, you know, putting those talents into so many uh, mediums. I always like to talk a little bit about how people do that. (laughs) So how do you stay motivated and what are some of your go-to ways of pursuing your goals? So I don't know. I I really, I I don't know if I can tell you why, but I think I was just born. Honestly, I think I was just born with it. I feel like, um, there's just something inside me that won't let me settle. And I just, I don't know. I'm, I love it. I, I have to have a point B. Um, and like, uh, you know, I think, how do I go about going after those goals? I think it's, it's really, um, what I was just talking about with regards to hope, you know, it's, it's, it's such a better way to live having that point B to look forward to in the future. Um, and, you know, and just going after that with the knowledge that I have the power to do it. Mm. Um, yeah. you know, so I guess, you know, I set goals that, that really motivate me, but that mm-hmm. I also know are like, I realistically have the power to achieve. So, okay. you know, I, I, uh, that, that really helps with, with how I decide which thing to, you know, to go after or not. Um, so yeah, and I think um, something that's really helped me with my goals as well is um, something that I, I think anybody who hasn't done this so already should totally do this. It's a free survey um, put on by the, the University of Pennsylvania called the VIA Survey or the VIA Strength Test. VIA? And, um, VIA, like V I A. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And, um, you can just go to via survey.org and, and you can take it for free. It takes maybe, I don't know, 15 minutes or something like that. And then what it'll do is it'll tell you what your strengths are, your natural strengths. And this is, I mean, this is is backed by research. They've done tons of studies on this and it's so important to know your strengths before you start thinking what, what, what goals should I go after? Because when you know your natural strengths, then it, it helps you to match those up to something that will, you know, some goal that will actually stretch you and that will challenge your natural strengths. Cause if you're, if you're, if you're going after a goal that doesn't actually do that, then, you know, it might, it might just be stressful. You're, you're probably going to burn out. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if it's something that's it's your natural true strength and you're stretching that and trying to challenge that, that's when you find that flow and you just like life becomes really just beautiful. So um, okay, so I have I have two more questions for you. Okay, so a lot of people say, you know, happiness is a choice. And people who have struggled with depression or some kind of mental illness, uh, often that's hard to hear. And it doesn't seem it doesn't seem real. I mean, I think we have to also be respectful. Like sometimes that's not the case. Some people can't just wake up and choose to not struggle with yeah. what they're struggling with. But yeah. But I also hear you saying that ultimately it it can be it, it can be. And yeah. is that what you're saying? Do you think it really can be a cho- a choice so, even 
you know, both ways. So yeah. go ahead. So there, there, people, even people who have, this, this is a tough one because ev- tough. everyone has a different situation. Um, and, and even, you know, you can take 10 people who have depression, you know, the same exact diagnosis, um, of clinical depression. You can say the same thing with, you know, some 10 people who have been given a diagnosis of, uh, bipolar one or whatever. And every single one of those people are going to be just a little different genetically, mm-hmm. um, behaviorally, and, and and even just the way that they were raised and the belief systems that they all have that affect their behaviors. So it's tough to say. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I hate to be the one who tells, <laughs> um, I don't know, you know, somebody who, who struggles with just debilitating clinical depression that, like, you know, just suck it up and be happier, you know? Like, yeah. just, happiness is a choice. Because, to be honest, with those types of people, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not. And you you can't, you can't, um, in, in that way, you can't just choose it. Um, however, however, the brain, so there are things you can do to rewire your brain. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy, but can you choose to do them? Yes. So, and, and will it make your life better even in the midst of depression? Absolutely. And there's research that backs that up. So, um, things like, you know, trying to trick your brain into thinking about what's positive, looking for the positive. Uh, and it's not even the positive. What went well today? Something that went well today? I mean, it could be as easy as like, you know what? I, I, uh, I woke up, you know, or I, I got out of bed, I showered, you know, I mean, for somebody who struggles with, with, with depression, that's a big deal, yeah. you know? Um, and, and so, you know, there are things you can do to rewire your brain by just literally showing up, not because huh. you feel happy about it, but just showing up and doing it. Um, and then your brain little by little will, I mean, neurons that fire together, wire together. So the more you do that thing, your brain will rewire itself. And, um, and, and will, will you be automatically happier? Will you be automatically cured from depression or anxiety or panic or bipolar? No. Um, but can you, can, can Sonia Lubomirsky, I actually really love her research on, on this. She's another happiness researcher. She wrote um, The How of Happiness. Okay. And she studied happiness for longer than positive psychology has been a thing. Um, and she talks about, you know, depression. And um, I, I love what she she talks about because, you know, if, if you're depressed, if you have depression, you know, it's like it's the worst thing for somebody to say, well, you should just be happier, but you you can, you can do things to, to, to improve it. And will you be as happy as, as somebody who's genetically predisposed to being happier in the first place? Um, you may not experience the same level of positivity or positive emotions that they do. Um, but can you, can you increase your personal level of happiness from where it is to a higher level through using these positivity or positive interventions, 
absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's, it's tough and man, I, I feel you like that. Yeah. It's just so hard sometimes. And like, if somebody, <laughs> like if I was in the middle of, of having a panic attack and somebody's like, you know what, just, just suck it up. I'd be like, Go jump in the lake, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because like it's just not the same. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And you just you uh, here's here's what I would say is you know get really good at coping. Okay. While you're in it. Mm-hmm. And then get really good at healing while you're not. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's that's been huge for me. I'm so glad you so you I, answered that yeah. really well. I mean, that's, that's the thing I've wondered. Yeah, but it's, it's tough. It's a tricky one to answer. And, you know, sometimes it's step by step. I mean, it, you know, sometimes you just, you truly have to give yourself, if you're like, you know, I want to get over this in, in a few days. You're like, all right, realistically, give yourself like 30 days okay. to get to the same point. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, day one, you do something really small. And, and, uh, I don't know, you know, day two, you do something a little bit more day three and you just self-compassion is like so important for that. You know, it's just so, so important. So thank you for, for going into that for me, because I, I see it, I do see it both ways and I want to be sensitive, but I also want yeah to ignite some, some will, some, some passion to, to try. Is, yeah. There is hope. Yeah. There's hope for, for anyone that, that even who has mental illness, you can feel more happiness. Um, it's not going to be the same level as somebody else. So don't compare yourself because that's not going to help. <laughs> yeah, but definitely you can feel happier. All right, Andy, I've got the last question for you and, um, okay. you might have answered this throughout, but, uh, what have you learned about yourself the past few years? Oh man, I've learned so many things, but you know, I think something that I, I, that really helps <laughs> uh, for both Stacy and I is to be more lighthearted, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, to kind of just have fun. Um, and like to above all, like be like, be my own best friend, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's seriously, that's a huge key to happiness because, um, your relationship with yourself is the, like all other relationships are based off of that. Right. I mean, if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, like it's almost impossible to have really good relationships that are thriving relationships with other people. Yeah. So truly like start with yourself, be your own best friend that's what I've had to be for myself is like, all right, I got to give me some me time. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, that's why I got a long board. I mean, I just, uh, sometimes I just need to, to, to have some me time and Stacy the same way. You know, we, 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 we really tried to lighten things up and I've really tried to just be my own best friend and, you know, laugh with yourself, laugh at yourself. I don't know. It's like, it's just a happy way to live, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, um, be your own best friend. I think that's a big thing that I've, I've really learned over the last two years. <laughs> yeah. Well, Andy, this was, this was equal parts fascinating and 
I mean, informative. It, it was, it was everything. And I, I'm sure so many are going to thank you personally for how you have inter, interwoven your own stories and your wife's stories in there and, and made us see it. This isn't just fluff and, and this can be a transformative power in people's lives. So thank you again for, for taking the time to talk with me tonight. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate your time as well. Like I said in the interview, I thought I knew a lot on this topic, and Andy unwittingly showed me that I have barely scratched the surface where this topic of happiness is concerned, and I personally will be signing up for his class when that's available. It'll be launching soon, and you can find more information about that course he is offering on his website, Andrew Scott with one T, proctor.com. I've linked that website in the show notes for you. I've also linked as many of the resources that he mentioned that I could. So you can find those in the show notes on my website about progress.com. And I will personally be adding several of those books to my audible lineup. I'd love to hear what you learned from this episode, as well as the things that you are doing in your life to challenge yourself and do something that scares you. You can direct message me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm there at about progress, or you can email me at packerprogress at gmail.com. I love hearing from you and receiving your nominations too about who should be on the show. Next week, I'm going to be interviewing one of the people that has been nominated. Her name is Lauren Agostinelli, and she is a young woman and mother who has battled an extreme case of multiple sclerosis and eventually landed her in Italy for stem cell transplant and for chemotherapy. She's been through a lot even on top of this disease, and she has so much wisdom to share with you. You won't want to miss it. So come back next Wednesday for that interview. And until then, take care of yourself. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.